Welcome to It's an Arsenal Thing. I'm your host, Tom, and with me is a man who enjoys nothing more at a football match than three points, a pie and a pint. Or is it a point, three pints and a pie? Uh, you just can't be certain. It's Silent Dave. We bring you more fixtures than we've had Prime Ministers in a week, but not as many as Arsenal producing training kits. On the menu tonight, we bring you match reports on the narrow win against PSV, managed by horse-faced Ruvan Nistelrooy, the much-despised, cheating, penalty-missing former Manchester United player. We hold no grudges. We cover the spanking of Leon in the WSL, the great escape at Southampton, and the comfortable three points against Liverpool. That's all crammed into a three-part going-to-get-into-it-with-Connor-and-Lauren. I'm in the gun room with Jay and Lauren to discuss the four games, plus all the talking points. Ooh, that referee. Stephen Gerrard was sacked and Unai Emery is on his way back to the Premiership. Way! He did it everywhere, didn't he, except Arsenal. We discussed his decision to come back this very evening. What can I say about someone who's been on a losing team so many times? Facts are facts. Stephen, you're fired. Now, did you know that the average tenure for a top flight manager currently stands at two years and four days? But back in 2012, managers tended to last for nearly four years. Sam Allardyce still hanging on that phone, golf club in one hand, phone in the other, waiting for the call. Now, all this hubbub about Cristiano Ronaldo's walkout, Thomas Frank lived up to his name when he said, for me, culture is everything. He then added, I've got a no dickheads policy which is currently in force at Brentford. Uh, well, there's a few players could fall short of that. Isn't there? Um, Martin Odegaard has been named Norwegian Professional Football League's Nixon's Hedersplits winner for 2022. That's easy for you to say. The accolade is awarded to players who have made a significant contribution to football, and he's won it at just 23. I mean, what else is there left? It's like buying your child a Ferrari at the age of seven, isn't it? Where'd you go with that? Who's got the longest name in football? Well, it's Brighton midfielder Charlie Otway, or to give him his full name, Anthony Phillip, David Terry, Frank Donald, Stanley, Jerry, Gordon, Stephen, James, Otway. Otway is named after the entire QPR first team squad of 1973. It's an Arsenal thing, it's an Arsenal thing. Believe it or not, it's an Arsenal thing. With football and transfers, you know, you'll bring. Right, coming up is part one of Gonna Get Into It with Connor. Another impressive win in Europe for the Gunners. A 1-0 win over PSV at the Emirates Stadium last Thursday secured our place in this season's Europa League knockout stages. Granit Xhaka scored the winner. 20 minutes from time with a beautiful right-footed half-volley. He steered home an excellent Tomiyasu cross from the right-hand side. A rare assist for the Japanese defender and a rare right-footed goal for Granajaka. Would you believe this? It was his first goal scored with his weaker right foot in his Arsenal career so far. And he has been with the club since 2016. 
Well, the team news then, American goalkeeper Matt Turner was given the chance in between the sixth again in Europe. Tommy Asu started at right back. Rob Holding came in to replace William Saliba, who was given a rest. Gabriel, though, wasn't so lucky. He started alongside Holding at centre-back, playing yet another game this season, our Brazilian defender. Kieran Tierney was the only real option at left-back, as Alexander Zinchenko is still out injured. Laconga came in to partner Xhaka in midfield, a rare and deserved rest for Thomas Party, And then Bukayo Saka, Fabio Vieira, Eddie Nketiah and Gabriel Jesus made up the rest of our eleven. Just a word though on Bukayo Saka and Gabriel Jesus having to play game in, game out. I mean, there's not enough rotation at the moment. And well, I think surely, eventually, I think Arsenal will suffer this season. Of course, Jamie Carragher, Gary Neville... The Sky Sports pundits were saying before the season kicked off that us playing every Thursday, week in, week out in the Europa League would damage our top four chances, let alone our title chances. So it remains to be seen whether Arteta's squad has enough depth and character to survive this crazy, crazy mountain of fixtures before the Qatar Winter World Cup. Well, the match winner then, of course, 20 minutes from time, another Granit Xhaka goal. Superb, really, by Xhaka. And, well, we were still searching for that cutting edge in the box early on. We continued to dictate the play early on. Fabio Vieira was growing in influence. He was really looking slick as the playmaker. His clipped pass into the box was just beyond the reach of Jesus as we threatened an early goal. And, well, a big moment for Scottish left-back Kieran Tierney since joining the club in 2019. He has now made 100 appearances for the Gunners. He blazed an effort over the bar early on. Inketia had a shot go just off target. And Jesus himself saw an effort go just wide from outside the box. All in the opening 20 minutes. And well, before that, Jesus laid off for Granit Xhaka inside the box. And the whole stadium thought Xhaka was going to slot home. But Xhaka dragged his shot wide of the far post and well we stepped up the intensity in the second half we were frustrated by the Dutch outfit nil-nil at half time despite a host of glorious chances and well early on in the second half Jesus and Saka combined well to create one of our best chances in the opening few seconds of the second half Jesus then created a chance out of absolutely nothing moments later he spun away from his man superbly before he sent a low shot towards the bottom corner. Once again, though, PSV goalkeeper Walter Benitez was equal to it, and Nketiah's first-time effort on the rebound was off target. And interestingly, Eddie Nketiah starting on the left-hand side, that could be a real weapon for us this season. I was surprised, though, that Marquinhos and Reese Nelson weren't included. I think that was a surprise to many Arsenal fans. Bukayo Saka was looking very legless, uh, last season, towards the end the end of last season, and I think Saka's going to struggle. I think we'll miss Nicolas Pepe, although he was, of course, very inconsistent in his Arsenal career, but there's a lack of rotation, and I'm really worried about Saka. I think Nelson or Marquinhos should have started, but well, Nketiah did impress on the left-hand side. He was next to go close for us. He took a long diagonal pass on his chest superbly, And then he raced towards goal, used his pace ever so well, and he curled his right-footed shot just wide of the upright. 
At the other end, PSV had a rare chance. Simons shot straight at Turner on a rare Dutch side counter-attack. But eventually, Arsenal broke the deadlock. Substitute Martin Odegaard. Well, he was involved straight away after coming on. He played the ball into the feet of the overlapping Tomiyasu on the right-hand side. The Japanese wing-back's cross found an unmarked Granit Xhaka in a central position in the 18-yard box. And Jacka steadied himself really well before sweeping home a beautiful right-footed volley into the back of the net. It was Jacka's third goal of an impressive campaign so far and was the deserved reward for the pressure we'd exerted on the visitors after the interval particularly. We were so dominant in that second half. We should have got, got a second really. Gabriel Martinelli came on late on. He tested the PSV goalkeeper before Saka drew yet another save from Benitez who was arguably the man of the match last Thursday night. The second goal didn't come though, but it was a third time in the space of a week. It ended 1-0 to the Arsenal. It finished last Thursday at the Emirates. Arsenal won, PSV nil. Hold on a minute, who's this? Hello? 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 <laughs> it's me, Oliver Grumble. Oh, here we go. Now listen. I'm listening. I've had bread that's lasted longer than that Stephen Gerrard character. That was unfortunate. Unfortunate? Are you simple? He couldn't win a raffle if he had the only ticket. Oh, it's a bit harsh. He couldn't get a result if he ran naked for a brothel holding a handful of £20 notes. Hmm. Hold on, one more. He's about as useful as a crocheted saucepan. He won a lot in Scotland. Bah! That's like claiming you've discovered sand in the desert. He hasn't won anything for years. Bit like your lot, FA Cups and a large salad dish. Splashing the cash like confetti and finishing nowhere. He's not exactly Pep Gladioli or Gorgon Klopp. Anyway, I can't keep talking to you in that other lump. Dave? Yeah, the mute. I'm off to pair up some socks and count the tiles in my bathroom. More entertaining than the dirge you knock out. Bye. Bye. Good evening, Wenger how you was treasoning Just for that they should leave him in Let man bring the whole season in But that Pepe ain't seasoning Can't say you didn't have peas You thought Shaka was a top boy Kai came and I said he had keys hands, hands up if you manage PSG And you lost the league One man league and you lost it But you still hired man, you man mocked it He always wins the Europa Win that and we make UCL Yeah, you went to the final In that he smith UCLs Said Set sending shots at Wenger, putting out clips of training To the tall man crying, the ball to a crowded box, that needs explaining don't, don't, don't know what he thought he was gaining, got no clue what he said in your interview The next minute in 90 minutes Press, 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 press. Emery wants more press, but his team can't hack press Playing out from the back mess, they cop David Luiz But they passed the Gwen Doozy, mistaken identity Good evening Mr Emery Good evening. Had, 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 had said by your spreading up Burnley. Everyone went mental. Better than Pogba, better than Kato. What? Wait, I swear that's a rental. Oh. No, nobody thought by now that this guy would have done way more bits. Sacked at Spartak Moscow and he made big PSG hold six. You lot did Arsenal Wenger dirty. And you sold your soul for this guy. How can he diss Van Percy? I heard Terreras playing attacking midfield when Ozil's there. Next week he back another 350. I don't think Ozil cares. He wants out. Terreras. In 10, he wants out. Shaka got booed, he wants out. All my chats is true, he wants out. They're talking Arteta, what is that? You must come do better, what is that? Sack it with no lay, what is that? Then holler at Jock. 
Good evening, when get out you was treasoning Just for that they should leave him in Let man bring the whole season in But that Pepe ain't seasoning I can't say he didn't have peas You thought Shaka was a top boy Kai came in and said he had keys Press, 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 press Emery wants more press But his team can't hack press Playing out from the back mess They caught David Luiz But they passed the Gwen Luzi Mistake and identity Good evening Mr Emery Hey, misery loves company, innit? <laughs> Part two of Gonna Get Into It with Connor. Well, it had to come eventually, didn't it? After our 3-1 loss to Manchester United, I said it, a loss was inevitable in our opening few games of the season. And we actually drew our very first game of the 2022-23 Premier League season on Sunday at the St. Mary's Stadium. It finished Southampton 1, Arsenal 1. Very disappointing result, particularly with how we really stepped off the pace in the second half. Didn't kill off Southampton despite a dominant first-half display at St. Mary's. Well, Granit Xhaka's first-half goal was cancelled out in the second half in the 65th minute as we had to settle for a draw on England's south coast. Xhaka netted his fourth goal of the season. He sweetly connected with Ben White's cross, scoring yet again with his right foot to give us an early lead, but we failed to take advantage of our dominance in the first half. And the home side eventually found a, le- a leveller through Stuart Arm- Armstrong, 25 minutes from time. Would you believe this? This result on Sunday ended our eight-game winning run and was also our first draw this season. First draw in the Premier League for 28 matches as well. Incredible. And well, team news, of course, we played our strongest 11 really. Back came Thomas Party to partner Granit Xhaka. Odegaard was in his regular playmaking role behind Jesus, Martinelli and Saka and Takahiro Tomiyasu was favoured ahead of Kieran Tierney at left back. Ben White, Saliba, Gabriel and Ramsdale of course making up the rest of the 11. I have to say though in the second half particularly I felt as though Tierney would have been a huge outlet. He did come on late on but I think against Southampton I think it was the wrong decision by Mikel Arteta for the first time this season and it's, of course, it's easy to criticise the Spanish manager when results don't go our way. But I really feel, looking at that 11 before the game, I was quite sceptic- quite sceptical. I thought Tomiyasu shouldn't have started. I think he's a fantastic defender. So, so useful. One of our, probably our best defender, arguably. Uh, but, but Tierney, on the overlapping runs, he's such an attacking outlet. And I think he would have really linked up with Gabriel Martinelli to devastating effect to kill off the game on Sunday, but it's a lesson learned for Arteta. When when we play weaker opposition, I think Tierney has to start at left-back or Zinchenko. But well, there you have it. It is our first draw of the season. We are still two points clear of Manchester City at the top of the table. Tottenham were beaten by Newcastle at home at the weekend, and Chelsea and Manchester United played out a draw. So things going well. Liverpool were beaten again. 
this time by Nottingham Forest. So results went our way, but we, we really should have extended our lead at the top of the table to four points. Manchester City will feel as though they're right back in the early title race. And well, we started on the front foot on Sunday, playing with incredible confidence, really playing with the confidence of a side with eight consecutive wins coming into the game. Gabriel Jesus forced the first save of the encounter with just a couple of minutes on the clock, but he was flagged offside anyway. And then moments later, Granit Xhaka tested Gavin Bazuna in, at the near post and Martin Odegaard dragged a really good chance just wide. As Arteta's men said about the injury hit home side's defence very early on. Of course, Southampton were really struggling with injuries, particularly at the back. So the, well, the results, the 1-1 draw is even more disappointing and well the early breakthrough for the Gunners was well deserved when it eventually came and the goal bore a striking resemblance to the winner against PSV last Thursday. Again it came from a right wing cross this time supplied by Benjamin White but like on Thursday finished beautifully and emphatically by Granit Xhaka once again with his weaker right foot. Moments later we had a big shout for a penalty which was turned down by the referee, Jesus, Renan on goal, and he appeared to be pulled in the box by Jule Caleta Carr. And well, the VAR replays, the replays on television clearly showed it was a clear-cut stonewall penalty. A terrible decision by the referee. And well, he waved away our appeals, and Arteta was furious after the game. And well, Arsenal did keep up the intensity, and Gabriel Jesus once again was presented with a glorious chance. He shot wide after being set up by Odegaard before the home side started to slowly but surely grow back into the contest. Danger man James Ward-Prowse showed his, of course, now renowned set-piece prowess, delivering three or four really dangerous corners in quick succession. But Gabriel and Salibat stood firm at the back. Odegaard and Jesus continued to combine well. They were really lively on Sunday, really in the mood. And one nice, lovely, memorable interchange resulted in Jesus firing straight at the Southampton goalkeeper from close range on the volley. Difficult chance, but Jesus hasn't scored now in a while. And, well, his confidence won't have been helped by his, well, lack of goals recently and not putting away those chances on Sunday. So it was still 1-0 at halftime, only it should have been more than one. But the second half was really much more disjointed from an Arsenal point of view. And Gabriel and Saliba had to deal with the aerial threat from James Ward-Prowse's set pieces. Gabriel Jesus had the chance, the best chance arguably of the match to double our lead on the hour mark. Just before Southampton's equaliser, Jesus was released brilliantly by Odegaard just inside the Southampton half. But well, as Jesus pulled the trigger inside the box, Mohamed El Yunusi slid in to block the shot for a corner. Brilliant chance. Jesus tried to cut back inside, but the chance went begging. And that miss was duly punished. Moments later, Southampton put together their best attack of the afternoon. And well, they made their way into our box very easily. A lovely slick passing move resulted in Stuart Armstrong finishing smartly when he got in behind Takahiro Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu was slightly asleep and a rare mistake by our Japanese defender. 
Joe Arriba was next to try his luck for Southampton. He fired through a crowd of players to force a good save from Aaron Ramsdale down low. And then desperately, in in a desperate attempt to find a late but probably undeserved winner, Arteta brought on Eddie Nketiah and Kieran Tierney. And well, Tierney nearly created a goal for Odegaard moments later. His cutback was just out of play before Odegaard smashed into the empty net. That would have been the winner about 11 minutes from time. But if truth be told, that second half display was really, really poor. Arsenal were tired. We looked fatigued already. Just 12 games gone in the Premier League season. And well, we look we look quite, quite jaded already. Of course, our European exertions on on Thursday, the Thursday coming into the match, Thursday beforehand, definitely re- resulted in that tiredness in the second half. But we lack the confidence, just we still lack that killing instinct to really kill off uh, our opponents when we're so dominant and well, we were punished in the second half on Sunday. We really looked very heavy-legged in the closing stages and couldn't find the winner on what was ultimately a very frustrating afternoon. And well, it finished in the end. Southampton won, Arsenal won, and well, a hectic October continues with Europa League action. This week, we travel to face PSV on Thursday of this week. A draw in that game in Holland would be enough to secure top spot in the group with a game to spare. And well, next Sunday, this Sunday coming, I should say, we host Nottingham Forest, who beat Liverpool last time out. A potential banana skin, dare I say, there. But it finished on Sunday at St. Mary's. Southampton won. Arsenal won. Hello, my name's Alan Bennett. I write plays about nothing in particular. Football. 22 men kicking a leather sphere on an evergreen grassy platform beholden to a sinister figure in black issuing cards for needless brutality and sometimes innocuous deeds. I will content myself with crib and pontoon, a far less exhausting pursuit. Right, it's time for Lauren and um, part three of Gonna Get Into It, where she covers the spanking, the thumping, the good hiding of Leon and uh, the comfortable win against Liverpool. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's roundup of all things Arsenal Women for It's an Arsenal Thing podcast. I'm Lauren and let me just start this little segment by saying there's very few things I hate more than being wrong. Okay, let that go on record. Is that relevant? Yeah, actually it is. If you listened to last week's pod, you would have heard my horrible prediction for the Leon game. But you know what? Maybe in some instances, it's not too bad to be wrong. When history's made... I'm all for it, okay? <laughs> you can um, you can quote me on that one there. I was going to have a look at our WSL fixture against newly promoted Liverpool last Sunday. How do we get on against them, given that they bet Chelsea in the opening weekend? So, as always, plenty to look at in this busy, busy period. Uh, so, let's just get straight into it. 
So we really only have one place to start and that is in France last Wednesday evening. Now, the big shock of the night was, of course, Miedema's exclusion from the starting 11. We had the same back five that we had used in our previous league game against Reading, Zinsberger and Goal, Weinreuter, Wubemoy, Kathleen and McCabe. Now, the big shock was Norwegian Manum slipping into the 10 role that Miedema had been playing in previously. Of course, we had Captain Kim Little and Valti also Mead. Baxtinius and Ford, otherwise largely unchanged from our starting 11 that we've been playing with so far this season. I wasn't really shocked seeing Manum come in, given her very strong defensive performance that she put on against Reading over the previous weekend. Now, the game could not have been predicted. I really can't stress that enough. (laughs) and it sounds so silly thinking back on it now but it made a lot of sense to play a more let's say defensive minded player in the midfield role rather than Miedema I mean (laughs) I'm lost for words even now thinking about it but at the time it seemed great and it was a great decision of course Miedema came on later in the game but that was our starting 11. One thing that I was unaware of was the I suppose gravity of Leon's injury so obviously we talked about the issues facing Arsenal with our centre-back I don't say crisis because Wuben Moy and Kathleen have been playing well there so far but to lose our preferred centre-back pairing not nice however Leon were in a similar situation similar much worse situation five of the regular starting 11 began the match all others were out through injury so it's definitely a different team than we would have seen last season playing in the final, for example. But a great point was made during the match. These are players that train with top quality players week in, week out. They should be at the same level. And they weren't. They just weren't. It was not the Leon team that we were expecting to see. So the game got underway and it was a bit of a dream start for Arsenal. In the 13 minutes, a lovely pass from Little Van Mead, who darted forward into the box from the right-hand side and without even having to look up, she whipped a lovely cross in that was met by the foot of Ford. She just keeps getting better and better this season, both of them. It was Ford's first goal of the season for Arsenal and Arsenal's first of the night. A dream start that had us pinching ourselves early on. It wasn't long until our lead doubled. In the 22nd minute, we won the ball back in our own half and McCabe's through ball met the run of Blackstinius, whose shot was saved but fired into the back of the net by none other than Manum. Idova's tactics were clearly paying off, it looked like. And although Leon did manage to claw back one goal in the 27th minute from a corner, and as a fan, I awaited an inevitable implosion of an exceptional performance from an Arsenal team against a European giant, well, this night that just didn't happen. Arsenal were awarded a free kick on the D on the cusp of half time, which saw an absolute beauty of a strike from Beth Mead sail past the Leon keeper, low and hard. So the halftime whistle went and. Yeah, we went in 3-1 up. Arsenal had made history already in the first 45 minutes by becoming the first team ever to score three goals against Lyon at home in the Champions League. Can you believe it? So if you thought the first half was good, my goodness, did we dominate in the second. I felt as though Arsenal's pressing was the best I've seen from them. Defending champions Lyon looked so unsettled. They looked very rattled on the ball and it was a string of mistakes which led to an even more unbelievable scoreline in the end. 
Ford got her second of the night thanks to a very poor ball from Wendy Reynard across her own goal. So we did talk about Leon missing quality, but you might recognize Reynard's name, French defender who played exceptionally well in the Euros and she has an absolute depth of experience. She is one of the best defenders in the world. It just went to show that Arsenal had really gotten under the player's skin, causing panic, which led to mistakes like this. But be under no disillusion. Ford did not have an an open goal to score into, not at all. She got the ball well outside the box, teed herself up nicely to have a shot, which the keeper couldn't even get a hand to. It was an exceptional finish from the Australian, who is just on fire. Thinking back now, she probably will get my player of the match. It's hard because it was such a great team performance, but I think given the season she's had, I'd be happy to give it to her, getting two goals on the night. Um, it was just exceptional from her. It was a big, big love for Ford all around. Leon well and truly seemed to lose their heads and even more evidently the ball. 30 seconds from the restart. A poor ball back was picked up by none other than Manum who found Mead charging into the box blasting Arsenal's fifth of the night into the net. Amazing finish again. Leon did create a few chances after that either denied by Zinsberger or the post but in reality it was a very comfortable win for the Gunners. Some crazy stats just to put this victory into perspective. It was the first time Leon have lost by more than one goal in the Champions League since 2009. 2009, okay, so more than 10 years ago. They hadn't lost a game at home in any competition since April 2021. That defeat was their only loss in their last 81 home games, okay? We bet them 5-1, lads. I actually, I can't wrap my head around it. I can't stress enough how impressive this win was. It sent a message of intent, of belief, and as manager Edivas said, it's the best performance that I've seen this team give, and I would have to echo that. So we're back in Champions League action on Thursday evening against Zurich, and I think, you know, given that the men are also playing Zurich in the Europa League, it's a bit of a pity that both fixtures weren't organised better to perhaps be played in the same city a day apart or something. I think that would have created a really, really great atmosphere to have either travelling Arsenal fans at both games in Zurich or vice versa. But nevertheless, back in European action. But before that, we did play Liverpool, as I mentioned, in the WSL. Liverpool, so I was going to briefly talk quite a stir on the opening weekend, beating last season's WSL champions Chelsea by two goals to one. Since then, however, they have failed to pick up any more points, losing 3-0 to local rivals Everton at Anfield and 1-0 away to Spurs. The game got underway and despite a relatively strong start from them, Arsenal did find their rhythm quite quickly. Arsenal's first goal came through Leo Valti from a cleared corner just inside the box. It was an absolutely stunning strike that she sliced with her right foot on the half volley. Ah, my word, what a beautiful goal to score. It was just magnificent. Given that her last goal for Arsenal was in the 2019-20 season, I think that's, it was about a thousand days, two days off a thousand days, I believe, it had been a long time coming. Shortly after that, Manum, who started again, showed that giving her a chance in the starting 11 was continuing to reap its rewards. The Norwegian picked up the ball on the edge of the area. In a sea of Liverpool players, she was completely surrounded and managed a clinical finish from a very tight angle, making it 2-0. Little should have made it 3 before half time, but she fired the ball well over the bar after an electric run again from Manum. Who else? 
So that second half got underway and it was a shaky start from our perspective. Liverpool were looking the more dominant team. In the 48th minute, they sent a ball into the box, which was dealt with really poorly by Ford. There were a few cries for handball. I think she was lucky to get away with it, but it did fall nicely for a Liverpool player who in the end was unable to do much other than force a save from Zinsberger. Liverpool did get a throw from this, which they used as a bit of a set-piece routine. It was nervy from Arsenal, but they managed to keep the threat at bay. We did gain full control back over the game, creating more chances, some coming from Blackstinius, who was ruled offside unfairly at one point, and Ford, who forced a great save. So, game ended 2-0, and you would think that everyone would be happy. Another three points, but unfortunately there was some drama that followed. Idaval made numerous subs throughout the game, namely Midama and Mana Iwabuchi, a Japanese international who hasn't enjoyed much game time so far this season. She was brought on in the last two minutes of the game and looked visibly upset. Moments later, literally, she left looking a bit deflated and a few of her teammates were seen, I suppose, consoling her, you know, patting her back. Um... So Miedema was caught having a few stern words with manager Jonas Eideval. Now, look, we don't know what it was about. We can only speculate, but it is suspected that she felt uh, Iwabuchi was hard done by with the lack of time given or the disrespectful amount of time given. Look, I don't want to comment too much on that, but that's the... That's the drama there. At the end of the day, it was a routine win for us. Zinsberger's WSL clean sheet remains intact. And Arsenal are back to the top, joined with United, where we want to be. So next week, we take on West Ham and we'll look to continue our unbeaten run. That's all for me this week. Quite a lot to take in. Um, If you haven't already, go watch the Leon highlights. Just an exceptional, exceptional night of football. And hopefully we have many, many more of them this season to celebrate. So thanks so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed. See you next week. From Nepal to North London, from Delhi to Dagenham, from the terraces to the armchair, it's an Arsenal Thing podcast. Football's in our DNA. It's time to enter the gun room for a natter. Hi, welcome to the gun room. The matches, the matches, they just keep coming, don't they? They're queuing up like Tory MPs for a cabinet job. Uh, we've got so many matches to cover. We've got four. Uh, but first, let's introduce you to my podcast family. There's Lauren in Barcelona. How are you, Lauren? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. Uh, what's the weather like out there? I have to ask because we haven't got any at the moment. <laughs> Lovely and warm. We're back to 27 this week. So oh. um, I know it's a bit ridiculous, like, but uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying that's it, making the most of it. Yeah, it's great. You'd have to have a pair of wellies if you were over here. <laughs> How are you, Jay? All good, all good. In the middle of a house move, things are off the walls and stuff. So we are. We... So they are, Mr. Yeah, Adams. So next week, fingers crossed, we'll be uh, in the new house when we come to record. So cool. Um, right then, the first thing up on the menu is Unai Emery is at Aston Villa as manager. He's back in the Premier League. Jay, let's start with you. What went wrong for Stephen Gerrard? He he's relatively inexperienced, isn't he? I think he probably could have done with staying at Rangers a little bit longer. He was onto a good thing there. Villa on a great side. I just think probably should have stayed at Rangers. I thought it, when he took the Villa job, I thought it was a little bit too early. Yeah. Um, but pleased for you, Unai, because you know I'll, I'll always have a bit of a soft spot for him because I think he did okay for us. Um, he was treated quite harshly by the media, you know, the way he spoke. He's a he's a he's a top coach and he's he's achieved everywhere apart from apart from us. 
So uh, it's not a surprise that Villa have gone for him because he's a he's a top coach. At least they acted really quickly. Quick, as you say, he's a winner. He's won loads of things, so uh, he deserves a chance in the Premier League. Lauren, he was unfortunate at Arsenal. Uh, I think a lot of things didn't go his way. How did you see his reign at Arsenal? You never want to go in after someone who has such a legacy like Arsene Wenger. And I think anyone going in was going to be judged probably more harshly than, for example, Arteta is now. Kind of, There's a bit of buffer space between the legend that was Arsene Wenger and now we're, we're kind of starting to move on. But I think, you know, and to compare with the situation with, you know, Moyes at United as well, like I think he was pretty harshly dealt with or handled in the media as well. It's just that very crucial first manager after the big name that I think no matter who goes in, they're going to really, really struggle to one, make a name for themselves and two, not fall victim to being always kind of in the shadows of their pre- predecessor, if you know what I mean. A bit harsh, but I'm I'm excited as well to see what he does with, with Villa. I think, you know, I think he's probably the best person to go there. It's exciting. I don't think it's one that I initially thought when, you know, obviously I heard Jared was going. So we'll have to wait and see. But I think it's positive all around, really. It was quite out of the blue. I felt he was... It was kind of at Arsenal at the wrong time because the structure, the hierarchy was miserable. It was terrible. You had Mislintat, you had Raul, and it it was kind of wrong for him. And the fans didn't really give him a chance. Mikel really survived the COVID period because uh, maybe things wouldn't have been as good for him if the crowds had been allowed into the grounds. He would have Mm. uh, maybe copped it. And it's an interesting fact, Jay, that uh, sort of crowd pressure you could feel it building every time I had the misfortune to watch them. But they were really starting to get how we were uh, a couple of years ago, really toxic and calling for his head. So it was fairly inevitable, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah, it always gets that way, doesn't it? I think that they just, the way that they've quickly turned it around as well, you know, with their result, doesn't reflect well on the players, does it? They're just, they're just down tools. Just, you know, it's not, they won't be the first, they're, well, they're not the first and they won't be the last team to do that. Happened, it happens everywhere, doesn't it? But Gerard won't have any problems getting another job, you know, just because of, the, of his stature in the game. And um, I'm sure one day he'll go back to his beloved Liverpool. <laughs> but uh, maybe not yeah, so just, soon. Yeah, you bit, just going back to Emery, I mean, it was tough, you know, Lawrence Wright following Wenger. And it was tough. Again, just reiterate what you said, Tom, as well. The leadership structure at the club was a bit of a shambles back then. It, we were also crap <laughs> under Emery towards <laughs> the end, weren't we? We were like defensively all over the place, strange selections. Um, but he's a great I could coach. never second guess it because now you could actually name the 11, starting 11. But back then, when I was writing the articles, um, I could never get it right. There were about, you know, five names I'd get right and then the rest would be wrong. Yeah. So no consistency. And he, he didn't really have a, a plan, did he? I suppose his best match was really the London derby. I mean, that's where we thought it was a springboard, didn't we? We thought Yeah, when Torreira, the Torreira goal. He's rebuilt himself, hasn't he, since then? He's sort of gone away and won the Europa League, didn't he, with Villarreal? So he's, he's got, he knows what he's doing. Whether or not he'll achieve it at Villa, you know, it's such a tough league. And Phil are on a great side, but I'm sure I'm sure he'll do well. Oh, right, let's get on to something chirpy and something a bit more Arsenal. Lauren, it was a good week for the girls, a decent win. I replayed uh, the gun room from last week and you were, <laughs> let's say, cautious. 
cautiously devastated about the result. Uh, I was going to play it back to you, but I can't. You know, I, I have it on a loop in my head, but I just want to go on record and say I don't think I was alone in my, let's say, slightly miserable predictions. Um, hey, that's football, isn't it? That's what we get. We expect the worst and we get the best. Exactly. And I mean, there was some stats being thrown out in the game. You know, that was so obviously Arsenal won. We won 5-1. Probably. I mean, to be completely honest, I've it's been such a busy week that I haven't had much time to really reflect on it. You know, that kind of way it was that game. And then straight away after as we were into the uh, Europa League last week with the men. So I didn't really have much time to dwell on it. But as I was looking back over it, it just it kind of struck me like that feeling I had watching it was similar to Arsenal's win against Barcelona in 2011. That, excuse me, that kind of unprecedented, unexpected win, but it just felt so good. And, it, you know, that's the kind of nights that you want if you go into European football. You don't have to go in to win the competition. And I mean, you know, everyone dreams about that, but it's just those individual nights that sometimes make it all worth it. And it was exceptional, really, really was. Uh, sorry, but to go back, some of the stats, yeah, they had that was their second loss at home in something like 82 games. Wow. Leon, um, it was the first time ever in the Champions League that they'd conceded more than three goals. And Arsenal had scored three by the first half. And there was another one I can't think of it now. They first time they've lost by that many goals since 2006 at home. So look, it was just an absolute night for the history books. And it was great to watch it. I'll tell you what, it was, uh, I don't think it's too strong to say that they were ripped to shreds by the girls. Uh, <clears throat> It was a really strong performance and, and a stack of goals as well. Yeah, it was it was exceptional. It really, really was. You know, even though I kind of thought the first two goals, I was a bit on edge. I thought, you know, we'd scored early. You know, you've seen it so many times. You go ahead and then maybe you take the foot off the pedal a bit or, you know, Leon kind of clicked back into place. Now, Leon were very, very impacted by a lot of injuries, which I wasn't aware of prior to the game, actually. I think they only had five key starters. But in saying that, they had a lot of really experienced players still on the pitch. So, you know, the discrepancies weren't because of injuries. It just was a really poor performance from them. But, you know, as we said, Arsenal looked outstanding, really, really did. Well, they uh, they just lost. They didn't have any momentum, did they, really, going forward? And seeing as we've got our defensive pairing, our main defensive pairing out of the picture, it was even more impressive because I didn't expect us to be that good. I don't think anybody did, but, you know, it was, uh, it was cracking. <laughs> Caitlin Ford, she shone again, uh, two goals for her troubles. and But her movement is absolutely sublime. Yeah, she's been outstanding. And it just it feels like she just keeps getting better and better. And obviously, you know, this season really does feel like it's all about me, all the attention's on her. And rightly so. Again, she had another another great game. But I just think Caitlin Ford is offering something really exciting this season. And like you said, her movement off the ball, you know, this was her first their first two goals this season. But prior to this, she's been involved in almost every goal that we've scored in some way or another. So I was personally delighted to see her finally, you know, get her name on the on the score sheet. I'll tell you what excitement she kind of brings is the Martinelli vibe. You know, every time she gets on that ball and she cuts mm. forward, you just think, oh, something's going to happen. Absolutely. And yeah. invariably it does. The opener was by Ford, but she had a lot to do. I think the ball was coming in from Blackstinius, wasn't it? But it was, uh, I think it was Mead. It was Mead. It Mead. Yeah. And it was whipped in really fast and really, really fast. And she yeah. had to really get a foot on it. And it could have, I've seen, I've done it myself put a foot out and it's gone right past me Absolutely. so it's a real bit of skill to do that black stinius is always a threat 
I'm going to get this wrong, aren't I? What's her name? Malnum? Malnum. Malnum. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, I like that girl. Um, what What can you tell us about her? Because she's new on the scene, isn't she? Yeah, so she came last summer. Basically, the big shock of the game really was that uh, Miedem had been dropped to the bench and Manum was in for her in that 10 role. And look, it made a lot of sense initially because she had a, Manum came on against Reading the weekend previous and she had a phenomenal game. She was really, really good and she had a goal line clearance. So I think Idevald was probably expecting Leon to be a bit more threatening going forward. So to have a slightly more defensive minded midfielder than Miedem made a lot of sense. But, you know, for her to come on and get a goal putting Miedem on the bench. She really, really worked hard and she looked exceptional. I thought, again, that was another name who I thought really stood out on the evening. Um, and, you know, it. she obviously got on the rebound from Blackstinus's shot, but she did well to get into that position and she created a lot of chances for herself that game. Leon got a reply. It was really quite clumsy, wasn't it? Or, or was it fortunate? A bit both <sighs> Yeah, do you know, I, I watched it back again and I think, I don't think there was anything Zinsberg at the keeper could have done. I think, you know, it went in from a corner. One of their players headed, acro- headed it across. I think it hit the post and it just landed at the feet of someone who really didn't have much to do, but she sent it into the to the back of the net. And 2-1, that's kind of when you're thinking, okay, is this when they come back and they have their almighty, you know, re- uh, renaissance or whatever the word is, but it wasn't the case. Then we got Beth Mead. What uh, did you see it, Jay? Did you see it, it was on Beeb? Oh no! Uh, what a scorcher! Saw the result. Yeah. Wow, it was a scorcher uh, yeah. from a free kick, and then uh, she was top trump by Ford, who brought in a curler, and then Mead added the cherry to the cake. Yeah. As I say, Ford was exceptional. Who was the player of the match for you, Lauren? Yeah, I think it probably would be between Ford for her goals and her goal contribution I think Manum really 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 did so well considering she she was you know new into the team she was really fighting for her place you obviously can't not mention Mead she is just a different level this season she really looks hungry and I think you know it's one of those cases where it might have been the best case scenario for her coming second in Ballon d'Or because she really looks hungry for every opportunity she gets this this season hard one but I think I think I will have to give it to Ford yeah, me too. Mm. What about pick of the goals, Lauren? Who who would you go for? Tough one. They just got better and better. Um, Hard one. But you know, I think I think probably Mead second, the fifth of the night. It really, like you said, the cherry on the cake. Great finish. It was, I think, thirty seconds after the restart from our fourth goal. Again, Leon were very sloppy. Gave the ball away in their own half. I believe it was Ford. Was it Ford? I can't remember now. I think it was Ford again, or Manum, who jumped on the ball, loose ball, got it to to Beth Mead, and she scored an absolute cracker. And, you know, I think the goals just progressively got better and better throughout the game. It was a joy to watch. I watched it again tonight. Uh, It was was that good. You've got to have second helpings, haven't you? Especially at the moment when it's all barren and a bit bare. Yeah. Um, Right, let's... uh... We've got Zurich and West Ham, haven't we, next? Mm-hmm, we do indeed. So Zurich on Thursday night as well, which clashes with the men's game, I believe. Uh, a little bit annoying. It would have been nice if we could have coordinated it some way. So, you know, maybe travelling Arsenal fans could have seen maybe the men's one day and then the women's the next day. I think it would have been better to really make, you know, an event of it in some way. But hey-ho, maybe next I season. I think this is the thing, though, isn't it, Jay? Mm. It's the fans are uh, getting kind of everything's getting condensed because of this World Cup that's coming. 
And uh, the fixture list is getting so congested now, it's ridiculous. I mean, having to do four football matches on one single podcast is a bit of a nightmare. But um, (laughs) how how else can we manage it? We've got to get them in somewhere. And we've had the the City game cancelled, so uh, it gets even worse. Let's go on to Southampton. Uh, What were your thoughts, Jay, before the game? Because uh, I think it's three out of five we've lost at their ground. Yeah, um, so I was slightly more confident than I was about the Leeds game because I, I don't think Southampton are a very good side. Uh, and I didn't think they were a very good side before the game and I don't think they're a very good side now. Uh, but I, I was confident. Um, we had no real injury concerns. Um, so I was confident that we'd get a result. Uh, it was Aaron Ramsdale, Tommy Asu back again, Gabriel. William Saliba, Ben White, then we have Martin Odegaard, uh, Thomas Partey, Granit Xhaka, Martinelli, Gabriel Jesus, and Bukayo Saka. So there were no... This is the thing, isn't it, now? Uh, you kind of put your teams out, and you, you, as I said before, you know what you're going to get. Mm. So there's, there's no major surprises. It's just that odd left-sided position. Uh, which is a bit of a worry where Kieran Tierney is concerned. I hope he doesn't get fed up and I hope he doesn't want to kind of move because you've got Zinchenko there as well. Well, the game itself, as it was, was a game of two halves, as they say. Boom, boom. The first 45 was wonderful. Great movement, great ambition, attacking prowess. And then the wheels fell off in the second 45. Are we becoming that first half team, Jay? Are we just... We're just on the ball for the first half and we just melt and fade away in the second. No, no, I think, like you said, first half we dominated. We we played some lovely stuff. And I don't know about you guys, but we were so on top that I felt that if we don't get that second, they, there's going to come a stage in the game where Southampton are on top. And then obviously the longer the game goes on, the more tired we become and the more susceptible we are, we are to concede a goal. But in the first half, I mean, we could have been three or four up, should have had a penalty and potentially they should have had a man sent off. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get onto it, but... We are. The the referees, it was one of the worst refereeing performances I've ever seen. I I could not believe what the the, the on-field referee was was seeing, was witnessing, what he was letting go. Saka booking in the first half was, I mean, it was, was a joke. You kind of understand, you know, there was a little while back when Leicester won the league, Jamie Vardy won a series of penalties by hanging his leg out and then the referees got on top of it and then he started to receive yellow cards from diving or initiating contact. Saka hasn't got that reputation. So I don't know why the referee straight away went over and, you know, brandished the yellow card. Okay, even though this contact doesn't, doesn't mean there's a foul or it doesn't mean there's a dive, it's a contact sport. Um, and he was very quick to get that yellow card out. But first off, we we, we absolutely battered him. Um, more than deserved to go in one up. Mm-hmm. Lovely goal from Shaka. Um, and we were we were cruising, but again, it just in the back of your mind, you were, you had that like nagging, niggling uh, feeling that if if we don't get a second goal, they're going to get back into it. Um, and sadly, that that happened. Started on the front foot, high tempo, good press, crisp passing. Um, and I mean, apart from I mean, even the United game, we were the better side then, and we kind of got away with it against Leeds when we we were still the better side in that first half, but faded a bit. Mm. Uh, maybe a bit of fatigue, 
I know I think I read somewhere in the week or maybe on Twitter that I think we have the least amount of rotation in the Premier League. So that 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 tells you maybe a little bit from a fatigue point of view. I expect to see a lot more rotation in the next couple of games because we've got we're already through in the Europa League. Uh, we've got the Brighton League Cup game and we've got the Forest game on Sunday. I know they had a good result against Liverpool, but you'd expect us to, to to maybe get a result there and maybe rotate a little bit. So maybe try and deal with the fatigue side of it that way. Uh, but it was the first half, brilliant. Second half, not so much. Yeah, there was all sorts of stray balls and uh, not getting to the ball quick enough. And the, their goal, which we'll talk about, there was a lot of standing mm. off, wasn't there? There was, they were giving them room and uh, you had that, Lauren, you like all this stuff when it gets a bit fluffy and, uh, <laughs> you know, your pants start twitching and all the rest of it. You must have been I on know. the edge of your seat for this Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Um, oh, do you know what? It was frustrating. It was really, really frustrating. Like Jay said, exactly. I think they looked exhausted. I thought they looked really, really tired. There was just, there was no real fight in them that we've seen, I think, you know, throughout the season and it seems to just be decreasing steadily so from the Leeds game where you said we were lucky it just seemed there was no juice left in the tank and we were really running dry almost not a great goal to to give away absolutely not I think you know you can pick out individual errors but there were so many that it became a team error really you know I think defenders are standing off I don't think Ramsdale did particularly well in that in the goal um I don't know if it was just a lapse of concentration or, you know, just... For their goal, he looked like he was going one way and he's yeah. actually sort of the other way as well. Absolutely. And it's, what was so surprising, he's normally someone who's always so engaged with the match that he normally will know or he'll at least attempt to go the right way. So it was a bit surprising from him. But look, do you know what? To be completely honest, I think it's a game that we could have lost um, I think it's a game that last season we certainly would have lost a lot more than 2-1. It probably would have been 3-1 um, because we just, it looked like we lacked a bit of belief, but somehow we held it together enough to still come away with the point. Still top of the table, two points ahead. I'm not going to panic just yet. Let's try to stay positive, you know? Yeah, let's not get too despondent. Absolutely. I mean, we've been absolutely amazing. You have to, you have to take your chances because mm. ultimately every team in this league has players that can hurt you. And we had enough chances in that first half easily to, you know, you, you think of the, um, the, the, the lovely uh, sort of dinky pass from Odegaard into, into Gabriel Jesus. And he, and he, he should score. He's, he's five, six yards out, maybe more, maybe more so seven or eight yards out. And he, and he should score that one. Um, and there was a number of other chances. If you don't finish your chances, you know that even Southampton, who I thought on the day, you know, we made them look half decent. We let them back into it. If we maintain, or if even if we get one more goal, the game is over. We kill them off. The hope, their hope is gone and they would never get back into that. Um, but we couldn't do it. You have to take your chances because, yeah. like I said, every every team, every game's tough, isn't it? There's no, there's no easy games. Well, there was. Uh, I was on a podcast last night, and I had to go into bat for Odegaard because uh, he apparently, when he gets dirty and sticky, he doesn't do enough work. But I said there, uh, there's that train of thought about uh, versatility, which is great. If you've got someone who's versatile, they're happy to do it, and they're skilled skilled enough to do it, then that's great. 
But Odegaard isn't one of those. Uh, he tries, but he's he's tracked back before and given away a penalty. I don't really want the most creative influence up in our box. I want mm-hmm. him, you know, outside our box and maybe in a more advanced position. And this was where o- Ozil sort of caught cold, wasn't it, under Arteta? He wouldn't do any work, uh, which I, I just don't get. You, you, you said about that ball, that little uh, sort of poking to uh, Jesus. What a fabulous skill to have. Yeah. It kind of slows the game down and then creates something that wasn't there. Little pockets of space and uh, little gaps. It was his pass through to um, Jesus in the second half, wasn't it? Mm. Perfectly weighted. Um, and I mean, you're not going to get... Erdegaard's not going to be flying uh, <laughs> into tackles. He's not going to be... It's not that flash. Mashing into people. Uh, he's, he wasn't bought to do that. Um, you know, if Jesus finishes those two chances, Odegaard's got another two assists and he's played a massive part uh, by doing the exact same thing as he did on Sunday, but we didn't finish, so he doesn't get that praise. Uh, uh, he, he's a great player. He, he certainly wasn't... We, look, we weren't great. The second half, I think... The, the drop in the second half was so much that it, it felt, I mean, I said at the time, it felt like, it feels like a defeat, doesn't it? Because, you know, the, the standard's been so high this season and we've, we've massive, well, yeah, I'd say we, we have massively overachieved. We're still top of the table. We're head, we're, we're above this unreal Man City side with an absolutely ridiculous striker they've got. Um, and we're above them, you know, and, uh, it's, it's, it just seems that certain elements of the fan base have forgotten that based on one draw, you know, mm. and we didn't lose. Like Lauren said, we, in years gone by, we probably would have lost. Um, and it was important that we didn't lose. We've had a, we've had a series of quite, I mean, every game's tough, like we said, but we've had some tough games, you know, in, in, in grounds that we haven't, we haven't done particularly well at some areas, you know, in recent years, like you said, Tom, and, uh, Look, we've got, we've got the, we need to rotate more. That's what I want to see. I want to see a bit more rotation, even if against PSV we lose, you know, which which I'm kind of expecting. Just we need to start rotating. So this this, you know, this drop off, like we halt this this sort of in you know seeming seeming drop off in this in in the second half where it's not just. Physically, uh, you know, our passing goes, doesn't it? We we, we become careless on the ball, um, and it's almost like as soon as that halftime whistle goes, it's like you know we need to see something a bit different. So it's definitely uh, Mikel's got a job to do, hasn't he? In rotating these these players to try and get them all firing again and to keep them going towards the you know <laughs> the ninetieth minute. Mm. He did have oh, a very right. interesting. Sorry, Tom. Just That's he right. did have a very interesting point in the in his pre. I think it was his pre-match conference against. It must have been against Southampton because he they were saying to him like you know Saka's played every game. Are you going to think about resting him? And his response was, you know, the the top players play seventy games a season. And I thought I was quite surprised by that because I think he has quite a holistic approach to managing players. That you know, it sounded it was quite a stern and you know. He's going to play the games I want him to play kind of response. And I wasn't really expecting that. Um, you know, I think my perception of it is that, you know, we are massively overachieving in the league. And I think his aim for this season really is 
Europa. So that's why we're seeing a lot of these players being played in Europa early on. And I think, as as Jay mentioned, we're probably going to see a heavily rotated side now on Thursday, given that our qualification secured and we're playing probably one of the top teams in our group. So we're a loss there. We can accept that. Um, but I think that's probably the reason why. It's the only reason I can think. But I was surprised by his answer. I thought it was... Um, it was out of character in some ways from Arteta. I'm not sure if any of you heard that as well, but yeah. I don't think Mikel's uh, yeah. in love with the press, is he? He, he does one <laughs> thing behind closed doors and he does one thing for the press and he doesn't tolerate uh, too much nonsense off the press, which I, I think quite, it, quite I think like. he was annoyed. I think he was annoyed at the question because mm. I don't think he accepts that as a reason, does he? He doesn't accept fatigue as a reason for, you know, you could see the frustration because mm. he knows that, we should have won that game. We, we we should have. There's no two ways about it. And and it must annoy him because the standard's been set so high this season. But also, if you look at that game in isolation, 45 minutes, we've absolutely battered him. They, I mean, I don't know how many touches they had compared to us in that first half, but it must have been a fraction because we completely dominated. So the manager is bound to get a bit frustrated. And I think that answer was more based on, I'm not accepting fatigue. Because there were also players that played in that game on Sunday that didn't play against PSV. Yeah. That, you know, that, that that dropped off massively. The performance dropped off massively. And, uh, I mean, I don't know what you thought of some of the substitute substitutes that came on. I thought Tierney did really well. I thought he, yeah. he's made a massive claim. He, he did really well, affected the game positively. But, I mean, Fabio Vieira looked, he looked terrible. You know, he 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 didn't he didn't look like he fancied it. You know, and it wasn't a particularly hostile, in, you know, atmosphere. Unlike the week before at Ellen Road, where the fans are on top of you, and there, you know, it was it was the you know the fans are right there, you know, super loud. It didn't seem like that in St Mary's, and he just Vieira didn't fancy it. So I can imagine there was a fair amount of frustration. You know, if, you could see if it. Tierney could have just got that ball before it had got over that line. That yeah. was a cool but he should have had a penalty. He he got fouled, didn't he? There was another very strong shout for a penalty. Uh, and I know you don't want to keep having to go at the refs because obviously there's times this season where VAR has worked in our favour or we've got favourable calls from the referee and you only have to go back to the Leeds game where I suppose you could say that we were treated uh, favourably maybe, but uh, again, again, the referee could not believe what I was seeing. Mm. Absolutely shocking. Yeah, it wasn't good, was it? Um, is this a case or there's evidence here that in January we have to go back into the market and just bolster yeah. up? We, To me, I, I think we need another option as a striker because you've got Eddie, movement's great and his touch is good. He looks good at, at times, especially uh, in the Europa League as well. And then you've got Jesus who, who dribbles and he, he's away, isn't he? He's got the footwork of, uh, I don't know, a dancer. But there's there's no other solid option. So are we going to go in there? January? We're not known for it, are we, Lauren? But we, we need something. We need an experienced head, probably in midfield. And we need an up-and-coming striker. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I think probably the most crucial position that I would look to strengthen is a replacement for Thomas Partey because... Again, I thought he was very good over the weekend. He's been great every game he's played. The only game we've lost is when he was missing. He, I think he really is the key in our success this season. And um, Europa game during the week, I 
wasn't overly impressed by Lakonga, to be completely honest. I just feel like it's, it, you know, if if uh, Party does pick up an injury, which he's prone to do and known to do, I don't, I don't want to be putting my hopes in, or sorry, I don't put my hopes on the Congo shoulders. I just think we need someone who's a lot stronger, a lot more experienced to really be that focal point of our midfield. Strike could be great as well. Absolutely. I think we need someone who is going to take every chance they get. Is it just Arsenal strikers? I'm not sure at this stage. It just seems, you know, we create so many chances that I, maybe they, they lose a bit of that clinical okay I need to score this approach I'm not sure if that's the case but it, uh, look I'm not being too harsh on Jesus I think he missed a few chances he probably should have scored but I'm not going to say he's in a crisis or anything but I, I think ahead of a striker we should be looking to strengthen that midfield really in January and then I'd be happy what about you Jay what's your thoughts yeah I mean I saw a few people um suggesting the idea of 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 a a different type of forward up front, like a more of a target man, but it's it's a hard sell. You know, you've got Gabriel Jesus is going to play every week. Who look? Let's not go overboard. He has made like he had. He didn't have a great game on on Sunday, but neither did the majority of the squad or those involved in either. He missed a few chances, but he's the, the impact that he's made has been he's transformed us. You know, he's he's brought a winning winning mentality. He's he's a leader, um, and what he offers for me, anyway, the, the the positive aspects of his game far outweigh the negatives for me. Um, and then you've got Eddie, who for me is a, is a is a you know they're they're similar similar type of you know size and what they offer to the team's similar. Um, and then if you were to then offer. a try and get another striker in who's going to play what? I mean, Eddie hardly gets up, up front, does he? He hardly gets any minutes up front. Um, so to, to offer that to a, say, I don't know, um, a, a Giroud-type striker, um, it's, it's tough sell. It's a tough, you know, not many players are going to want to come and play the occasional 10-minute cameo. Uh, I'd maybe like to see a winger um, to, to, to give... Saka arrest. I'd love to see Smith throw back at some point. You know, if we got him back in January and he got back to somewhere like he, you know, somewhere to the the, the form that we saw last season, um, he offers us, it's easy to forget what he offered us last year. Mm. You know, he's that, he's that midfielder. um, It's almost as if Shaka is sort of a bit of, a bit of, um, Smith Rowe's ability is rubbed off on Shaka. You know the ability to run beyond the striker and get a goal, and uh, you know running almost like you know last year Smith Rowe was very very similar to the way Lampard used to play. You know running onto uh, passes and dribbling through the lines and, sh- and and scoring great goals. So love to see him back, but I'd like to see definitely a winger. Um, I, I think we're all right defensively. I want to, you know, you. We need Zinchenko back, you know. Again, similar way that um, they're a big miss. Those two aren't they? Yeah, a massive miss because uh, bottom dollar is uh, Zinchenko would have played those two games. I'm sure. Yeah, and and he, and he's such a common influence on the team, and his also creativity is so good. 
um, and his versatility and his ability to to get into those positions where a lot of other left-sided defenders don't, which is sort of that uh, between the midfield and defence, he's picking up that position where there seems to be a lot of space um, where the opposition don't don't sort of shut down. So, but in the transfer market, uh, we have to. Because we, if we go into Christmas or if we go into the World Cup rather and we're top of the league still, you know, that's half the season done. And then and then, do you shift your expectations? You know, I think it was all about Champions League this year. It had to be for me personally, but also I think the, Mikel and the, and the club, it was their intention to get into the uh, Champions League you know, we, by the say come April, we'll have a look at what the best way is, whether it's the Europa or the or the top four. Mm-hmm. But if we go into if we if we restart after the World Cup and we're top of the league, do we then are we in a title race? You know, do we do we invest in the team and really go for the league title, or do we, you know, continue on the path that we are with these maybe uh, you know uh, potential rather than proven. Uh, I don't know yet. There's talk of us signing Mudrik, the uh, Ukrainian winger who looks superb in the Champions League, and um, he could be a great signing. Um, so I'm sure there'll be players in the World Cup that stand out that we'll probably get linked with. But um, for me, if I if I was if I was Mikel, I mean, I'm sure he is already doing this. You're going to be asking Josh, aren't you, for basically hundreds of millions of pounds? Because I think. The more these games get chipped away, you know, we've got Forest and then Chelsea, and then if we're still in the tie, if we're top of the league, like I said, after the World Cup, then I think you've got to go for it. <laughs> you have to because we're in the race. Whether you know, none of us want to believe it at the moment. You know, no, no one's saying it, but until we're out of it, we're still in it. So go for it, spend the money. I think uh, we should learn by our mistakes because we didn't do anything in January. And I think that uh, cost us last season. We we needed bodies then. Absolutely. And we looked at it until the summer. Um, we lost possession quite a lot and that cost us in the second half. We were stretched all over the show. Uh, but let's get to that Jacko goal. Let's have a highlight in this game because there weren't many in the second 45. People probably in the miserable weather, getting cold and wet and damp and miserable. Um Jay, walk us through that Xhaka goal because it was something else, wasn't it? Yeah, um, Ben White. Um, it was a little one-two with with Saka, and um, White got to the byline, which his overlap has been a bit of a trademark this season, hasn't it? Um, overlap. Good going forward. Saka. I mean, I, I, he's had a great season, Ben White. Yeah. If he's not in that England squad, not that I care too much. But if he's not in that England squad, then it's a joke because. He's playing as good as any English defender. Uh, and, he, and he picks out Shaka. And I mean, I, I don't know about you two, but I had to double take. You know, that can't be Shaka who scored that. I mean, lovely. That's an Aaron Ramsey goal, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's a, a great comparison. Aaron Ramsey-esque. Uh, lovely finish. Um, I mean, what can you say about him? <laughs> and nobody saw this coming, did they? Granite Shaka. You know, I mean, I certainly didn't. Um, but great finish, and he's 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 playing as good as anybody in the league at the minute. He's he's kind of gone up about six levels, and uh, none of us thought he was capable of it. And uh, he's he's quite influential. When they had the huddle, and he was in there, it was Xhaka doing the talking. Odegaard was kind of listening and adding his two pence worth, but it was Xhaka. 
So he's kind of like the unofficial captain, if you like. Um, do you think we could have changed formation in the second half? Because Southampton, this has happened with the Leeds game. They changed. They had a little tweak at half-time. And we just went with the same again. And I think that's kind of costing us. Maybe we could have uh, released Odegaard a little bit more by bringing someone into the middle, uh, just shifting things around a little bit, maybe going to a, a back three. I, I don't know, but it, it kind of, there's a couple of matches that I've seen and nothing changes. Mm. And you would think, well, they're doing that. We can do this because this will be better. But it, it's the formation that bothers me, Jay. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, it's, it's it's easy to say that we but we battered them in the first half. I think if we, I don't know how many options there are on the bench. If you look at the the quality, um, there's a drop off, isn't there? Yeah, I'm I'm with Lauren. I've never been convinced about Lukonga. Not a hundred percent. He's a young player, but he he plays in such a key area of the of the pitch that I've never been massively convinced. Um, Vieira is still young, uh, and he's going to blow hot and cold, you know. Um, and then if you got you got Eddie, he can really only play down the middle. I know he came on on the left, and he's played on the left, you know. But I suppose you would rather push Jesus out onto the wing and push him down the middle. Uh, Tierney did really well when he came on, but I mean, I'm not sure there's too many other options you've got on the bench. Um, swapping the formation around, I suppose. It was far too early to put Rob Holding on and, you know, <laughs> dig in. Um, <laughs> Might have been an option. Yeah. Um, Handbag mentality and all that. <laughs> I mean, I saw some some parts of the fan base sort of digging out um, Tommy Asu, saying that he didn't have a great game um, and we should sort of, sort of give up on this, um, you know, this whole playing him at left fullback, um, which I didn't really agree with. I didn't think he did too badly. Yeah. Um, but again, it was just—I think it's just a poor performance in the second half. I don't—I don't think we need to look too much into it. I think we need to be grateful we didn't lose, <laughs> and I think we need to look back at this last weekend um, as a point gained on Liverpool and Spurs. <laughs> you know, yeah. and we didn't lose—we didn't lose it. The only team we lost ground on was City. Now, you know, if if you finish above City this season, you're going to win the league. So. Uh, I just think if we don't need to overreact. It feels like a defeat, no doubt. You know, it felt like a defeat. Uh, but as far as changing formations, maybe, maybe. But you don't want to lose, do you? More than anything, you want to win the game, but you don't want to lose it. Um, and and when we didn't, we still. I mean, I can't think of any saves Ramsdale really had to make. He, he could have done better on the on the goal. The, the Armstrong goal, but I, th- I don't think they put us under massive amount of pressure. I think it was more our own doing, wasn't it? It was how careless we were with the ball. Um, and and we just the, the massive drop-off from the first half. Well, let's talk about that goal. 65 minutes, Armstrong. Uh, the defence just stood off, stood back. No one went in to put shoe in or anything like that. Mm. And uh, who's this guy they've got? Elanusi, uh, mm. Southampton. He just breezed through the lot. And he mm. put on a killer pass. It was an Odegaard pass. It was a lovely ball. Pass. It was a lovely ball, yeah. Absolutely. And he finished it well. Ramsdale was a bit wrong-footed, wasn't he? Uh, I think he'll be disappointed because it went in the middle of the goal, didn't it? You know, it didn't. wasn't in the corner. Yeah, uh, 
I, I, I always fear the worst. I said this to you last week um, when when um, when Leeds got the penalty. I always fear the worst. And, and again, I said at the time, we're going to lose this. Um, but we didn't. And that has, I suppose that has to be the positive, doesn't it, that you take out of the game. We didn't lose um, because you know what it had been like. It would be the whole, you know, me, the whole media, social media, every media outlet in the country will be saying, oh, the bubbles burst. Mm. You know, this Arsenal team aren't what we thought they were, um, whereas we didn't lose. So I suppose that... You could feel it coming, though, couldn't you, Lauren? This equaliser, you, you've got the sense, as Jay said there, there's that, that sense of foreboding that uh, something's going to happen. It's starting to slip away. All the little neat things that we do, the, the control of the game, it's sort of subsided. Mm-hmm. And then we allowed them back in. Did you get that feeling as you were watching it? Because uh, I was hiding behind a cushion at one stage. I had it right up to my face going, come on! Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And you know what? I felt, even when they equalised, I felt really we were on the back foot and I thought you know what they could go on and they could end up getting a winner here it was not a nice feeling I missed back what was it maybe two months ago when thing I was saying this is boring we're winning three nil I don't I don't like this <laughs> bring that back <laughs> bring that back um it, it was tough but you know I Ben White gave a great post-match interview and he said you know it's tough and we're human and I kind of just went you know what fair I don't think they could have said much more. The, the most important thing I think is their response. Okay, we're going up against Forest next weekend. Yes, they got a great result against Liverpool, but Liverpool have been blown hot and cold all season, yeah. all season. And yeah, okay, we're going to celebrate our win. We did very well, but you know, other teams that you're not expecting to beat them are beating them, and they're beating them pretty convincingly. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how we respond. And I think that's going to be the big teller of how we're going to cope with the rest of the heavy fixture list coming up and, you know, tough games like this this season. Yeah, pity, but, you know, it had to happen at some point. I was depressed for about 20 minutes afterwards, to be honest. And then I looked at the table and I thought, hang on, okay, we're still top here. Calm mm-hmm. down. It's not the end of the world. You know, that kind of way. Yeah, so, it gets like that because you you kind yeah. of think, oh, I've just watched that and we've we've missed we've dropped two points and you walk mm-hmm. away and uh, you know you, you kind of have to deal with it and struggle with it. I, I think I've only just got over it to be honest. But uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, penalty for Jesus, Jay. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and he 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 could have had. I think he should have had two. I mean, what was the, the defender's name? He's got a funny surname. Um, I think he's a Croatian. I can't remember his name. I mean, there were wasn't just the penalty, but there were multiple fouls all over the pitch where he had his arms basically all around Jesus. Um, and again, I just don't know what the defender or the referee was thinking. <laughs> because, and then there was also Lianko, the other running around like a madman, sort of. I think he, he actually sort of clipped Jesus a few times in the back and it, it's like it's VAR I thought this stuff I thought players knew that you can't get away with stuff like that but you obviously can um, there was a push should... in the box as well wasn't there who was that yeah. push? was it Ben White Ben White so. first half yeah, yeah. flat yeah. on his face yeah um, but it, it also you know the conspiracy theorist in me <laughs> you know makes me it makes you think like it was such a bizarre performance from the referee. Are they like, you know, they told before the game Arsenal got away with a few last week. So mm. 
don't give him anything. It's bizarre <laughs> because from from game to game, not not you know not not just Arsenal, but you know the same offence can occur in another game, and the complete opposite can get given by the referee. Which mm-hmm. there's no consistency, which we know. Uh, I've got to interrupt. Did you see McTominay in the Chelsea uh, Man United <laughs> game? Did you yeah. see that he virtually picked him up round the middle <laughs> and ran around with him? And uh, I mean, these are they're clear and they're obvious. Um, I think Jesus doesn't help himself sometimes because he stays up and then decides to go down. I, I think if he'd gone down straight away, that would have been it. It would have been a, a no-brainer. But, but if, uh, he finishes, if, if he finishes that one-on-one midway through the second half, then the referee can get, be as crap as he wants to be, can't he? <laughs> you know, we, we, we've won the game, so it doesn't affect anything. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the balance, isn't it? If you take your chances, you don't have to worry about VAR exactly. or refereeing. Just do your job when you're out there. And uh, sadly, we're not converting half the chances we should do. Right, uh, let's quickly have a roundup of what was left, which was PSV and Liverpool. Van Nistelrooy, shades of the infamous uh, Man United brawl, wasn't there? Uh, him coming back, it had shades of Martin Keown, angry arms in the air and all that sort of thing. I hate the fella. Uh, I was hoping they would get spanked severely. What did you make of the PSV game, Lauren? Um, I'm trying to think back on it now. I think it yeah, was there's a lot of games to go game? through, isn't yeah. it? You've got to have like your roller decks. What was the score? Who was it? When was it? One nil. One nil. Okay, yeah, yeah. That just got banked in the, you know, one of those games. Um, it is a saturation, isn't it? You just can't. Honestly, up. I can't. I'm really struggling. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, obviously, I wasn't going to forget the Leon game, but then I can only I can only keep three games in my head at a time. So I don't remember. I don't remember the PSV <laughs> I think game. That, I think the biggest. Um, <laughs> I think it was the, their supporters. They were throwing quite a bit of unrest in the in the in the away yes. end, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think that's going to um, materialise, you know, resurface um, on Thursday. It's probably going to be a bit mm-hmm. crap. But, um, we weren't at our best, but we won. And uh, cup football, so you know, they're not a bad side, um, and we, we we controlled it, didn't we? We 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 deserved to win. Um, I think it'll be a little bit different at their place. But I'm with you, Tom. Van Nistelrooy. Not my favourite player in the world. <laughs> looks like his head's been shut in the lift doors, doesn't it? It's long. Yeah. Looks like he's been sucking lemons. Um, Jesus, how did he not get on the score sheet in that game? I mean, you know, he threw everything at that goal. Still didn't manage it for some reason. Mm-hmm. We went close with Vieira, uh, Saka and Enketia. And then our man, our man of the hour, Granite. Jacques turns up <laughs> in the 70th minute. He's a, it's a purple patch and a half, isn't it? It's going yeah, on with that guy. He's loving it. Um, long may it continue. So I definitely think you're right there. It's going to be a different game. It's going to be very intense. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there was, I, I think I read somewhere, there were flares and chairs being ripped up and all sorts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a much harder contest over there. And I think Cody Gakpo didn't really appear, did he either? He no. Went from naught to naught. Didn't yeah. really show up. And he was on our uh, radar at one stage. Um, all we've got to do, really, is grind out a draw, bare minimum. I'd like to see us thrash the pants off him, but that's all we've got <laughs> to do. Um, predictions for that one. We'll start with Lauren. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, one, one. 
Yeah, one one. I played safe. Stole mine, Lauren. <laughs> uh, I'll go two two. Okay. I, I, it's a tough one, isn't it? Can't go any of those. Uh, I'm going to be optimistic and go for a grubby one nil. Why not? We like a grubby one nil at the minute. Oh, yeah. uh, let's go to <laughs> Liverpool uh, in the WSL. Arsenal had quite a comfortable win in the end, didn't they? Mm. 2-0. Could have been a lot more. Were you happy with the performance, Lauren? Uh, yeah. Do you know what? It was, I, I would call it a very routine win. Um, you know, Liverpool, they newly promoted, obviously, but they did have that shock win against Chelsea on the opening weekend. They proved that they can bring it. Um they they started the game very, very well. I thought, you know, they probably got into it a bit quicker than Arsenal did, but it didn't take long for 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 us to settle down, really. Um first goal, Leah Valti, another Swiss Swiss captain actually as well. Stunner of a strike. Um, very crisp. God, it was beautiful. She hadn't scored in I think it was a thousand days. There's a there was a <laughs> countdown, some some account. It's like eight nine hundred and ninety-eight days since Leah Valti scored. And she was absolutely raging because she was like you know I was two days off a thousand she couldn't even give me that like worth it for the goal in the end it was beautiful um and then after that yeah who was it Manum again um again great run she did very well with the tight angle she is so strong I mean she had plenty of bodies there and she's just uh I like all that bit of Archie Bargy and she was just shouldering him off um it's hard to see her losing her place isn't it Laurie it's a tough one. I think it's really, really tough. You know, I thought for the Leon game, she was just going to come in, you know, like I said, defensive, I suppose, tactical switch for Miedema. To see her start against Liverpool, I was a bit surprised. Uh, I thought, you know, that would probably be a game that Miedema would have been given a run out, maybe a slightly easier defence, no disrespect to Liverpool, but, you know, games where she might be able to get her score and back, get her scoring record back to where it was. Surprised to see Manum in, but I mean, God, she really, really proved her worth there. So, yeah, she's yeah. making the most of her chances. Absolutely. Isn't she? um, you're in great shape, aren't you, the girls? Uh, throughout the game, um, they look very polished and robust. Mm. Uh, 12 wins in a row, equaling the record, which I think it was it them and Man City held. I think so. Yeah. Uh, 10 games in the league without conceding, 100% this season. And they had a record record crowd for the game there, uh, 3,448 fans. So, uh, well done, you girls. Keep us entertained. Uh, They look a lot stronger this term as well, don't they? More compact with more options uh, with some of the names you've mentioned. Absolutely. I mean, I know obviously it's it's early to, to say this and, you know, given Chelsea's start, City's start as well, it really depends on if, Man United are able to keep this intensity up. I mean, they're really the only ones I can see challenging Arsenal. And I think if if we compare it to the men's, it's a bit like City versus Arsenal. You know, obviously Arsenal women are being, I'm not going to say they're as guaranteed as City to do well, but that level of experience versus inexperience, if you know what I mean. So it's just a matter of seeing who can hold out. And, you know, the the thing that might go against Arsenal is Champions League, depending on how far we get with that might see, you know, a bit of exhaustion creeping in there. But so far, so good, you know. We'll take it as it, as it comes. Well, we're pretty much top of everything at the moment. It's, it's wonderful, isn't it? Uh, WSL top, Premier League top. Uh, you carry on through Europe as well. We're dominating <laughs> Europe as well. We don't care, do we? Uh, right, let's look forward to the Forest game. Now, I would have been a lot happier 
had Liverpool spank Forest because I think their tails are in the air now. And uh, they're going to prove a bit of a challenge and we need to be up for that challenge. Uh, Jay, when you saw that scoreline, I had to laugh. Sorry, Liverpool fans, if anyone's <laughs> got family that's Liverpool fans. Um, but I had to laugh about it because that's the way their season's going. It's here, it's there, it's everywhere. Did you think that it's going to inspire them to you know, really make a go of it? Forest, are they yeah. going to have to stay up? Um, I think Forest at home are a different animal today. You know, they are a that's a tough game. It's a it's a that the atmosphere's always good at the city ground. Um, it is. and they always get up for the big games. It's no surprise that they slipped up against you know Bournemouth and Fulham. Um, at the city ground, but they were up for the Liverpool game, and I don't know if you watched it, but the atmosphere looked great. Um, I've got friend, a lot of friends that are Forest fans um, that went to the game, and great occasion for them. But I fully expect us to absolutely batter Forest. Like they're away from home, they, you know they, they aren't the same. Their whole Forest season will rely on their home form and their ability to pick up points, as many points, wins, and draws they can get at home because they won't get many away. They, they're just, they're not built. They, they, they're, they're so disjointed as a team that they can, you know, there, there will be times and they've shown obviously against Liverpool, there will be games where everything clicks, you know, they um, Koyate in the middle had a great game uh, and defensively they looked okay, but Liverpool missed some massive chances in that game. You know, um, Salah missed a, uh, missed a, Big chance. Um, Van Dyke missed a massive head, uh, real uh, headed chance at the end of the first half, which he should have done better with. Um, and Henderson in the, in the Forest goal had a good game. There'll be a tough, there'll be tough opposition, and they'll, they'll they'll be set up to defend. Whereas at home they're a little bit more expansive. But I fully expect us to to, to pick up the result. Um, I was surprised that they beat Liverpool because I kind of thought Liverpool maybe had turned a bit of a corner. Um, they'd, they'd had some good results. Um, but again, they, they they are all over the place. Um, they've got an aging squad, haven't they? Now, and they need to rejuvenate this this squad. They need they need a, they need wholesale changes. Uh, I hope they don't. I hope they continue on the path, and I hope they crash and burn. But uh, I'm sure Klopp will, 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 will turn them around. Will turn them around. But uh, this this weekend, I fully expect us to get a, a, a good win, and then you can put that disappointment against Southampton to one side can't you and we can look forward and uh, I think it's a good game to have and you know they are the weakest team I would say alongside probably Bournemouth I don't I don't think much to Southampton but uh, I think I think it's a good team good t- and also a good time because Forest you know they've got that win- they, they were in such a bad run uh, that they needed a result um, and I you know you might be right the, 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 the confidence is going to be up but I still expect us to get a result. Absolutely. Give us a prediction, Jay. Mm. As you say, at home. So yeah, I think three nil. I think it'd be three or four nil. Um, so yeah, I, I, I can't see them scoring. Uh, and then and then we're we're looking good again, aren't we? I, I like what he's actually doing down there. He's actually assembling a team. Maybe not for this season, but if they can hang in there. Maybe next season it'll be different. Um, He's a great manager. Steve Cooper is a top manager, and I'm, I'm glad that they put faith in him. He deserved that. That you know, the last thing you wanted to see was, 
Maranakis, um, like sack him and, and get rid of him and do what the, a lot of these clubs do. That they, mm. they panic after seven or eight games and and get rid of the manager because Cooper's a, he's, a, he's and I don't know if you've seen interviews with him. He comes across as a top bloke, like a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, tough job because last season they had they you know it's been well well publicised. What he spoke spoke about a lot that they signed twenty two players. Um, I think it was 13 or 14 of those players from last season were either on loan or had left were out of contract. So they needed to sign all these players and it's a tough job. And I'm glad they stuck with Cooper because he's a, he's a, he's a really good young manager. Well, as you say, it doesn't do to uh, sack your manager, does it? Stacey, you've got to go with them, haven't you, Stacey? <laughs> She's a Leicester fan, if you didn't know already. Right, Laura, let's get a prediction from you then. What, what do you feel? Do you feel confident about this? Yeah, I feel confident. I think I'm going to go 3-1. I think our home defence record isn't that great. We seem to be leaking in goals mm. here, there and everywhere. It's an issue. You know? Yeah, so I think I like that. I like I'd like, like three goals. Yeah, I think Jack could probably get another one. Maybe Saka with one, and maybe Martinelli. Will we go with that? Will we go with that? I'd like that. That'd be three um, goals in three games. I mean, what's that about? Why not? Why not? Uh, let's go with that. I think three one. Um, probably a sloppy goal to give away, but you know, we'll live with I'm, it. I'm going to stick behind our defence and say we're going to keep a clean sheet. We we'll go two nil. But thanks to Jay, my thanks to Lauren, and I'll see you on next pod. Bye, Stacey. Bye, Tom. Bye, Tom. See you later. Uh, my thanks to Silent Dave. You can find him on Twitter as Silent Dave 101. That's also the home of Jay, who you can look up as the bald gooner. You can cozy up with Connor at ConnorJack2 on the Twitterverse, and Paul is at PMacCap. Look up Lauren on Lauren D2710. The podcast is on every social media outlet, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. Shout outs to Brandon Murphy, Dave Miller of Arsenal Attic, Simon DC of Let's Be Arsenal FC, which is twin to the podcast. Also check out arsdevils.com for opinion and news on all things Arsenal. Please like and follow this audio version of the podcast and subscribe to the YouTube version of the show. Want to say hi, ask a question or take part in the show? It's an Arsenal thing for at gmail.com. A big thanks to all of you who support us, whether you listen or watch. Until next time, look after yourselves and each other. And finally, remember this. North London is most certainly red.
the way I used to be. But since I met you, baby. 